welcome back to another episode of Homegoing. Today I have my friend Aaliyah, who's my bae, my bitch. So I've known her for over a year. Over a year? Almost two years. Two years. Two years, Almost yeah. Two years, yeah. Yeah. So it's the first time on a podcast ever. It's my first time having anyone on my podcast. So this might be good. We're going to do a little, a little interesting, a few interesting topics, see how that's going to go. Uh, we've had a couple of drinks, so that should be good. We should be nice and open. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Aaliyah, let's start with... I always like to ask, whenever I say I'm going to have a guest on the show, I always say I'm going to ask them what they wanted to be when they grew up and whether they're doing that now. So what did you want to be when you, when you were young? What would you say I wanted to become when I'm an adult? And are you doing that now? When I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor. Ooh. And if I wasn't a doctor, I also want to be a photographer, but my mother shut that down. <laughs> and I'm neither a doctor nor a photographer, and I hate taking photos. Yeah. <laughs> but I work at a medical school, though. Okay. So why did she shut that down? She shut that down because that wasn't a real job. <laughs> Sorry for all the photographers out there. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> all right, good. So at least you're in the medical field somehow. Actually, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for this podcast my first question to you is since we're both people who moved to new york in our adulthood so you grew up in north carolina went to school in north carolina no went to school in philly yeah in philly in philly so let's talk about a bit about school and how that was for you moving from north carolina to virginia then philly and then moving to new york and starting to work and having to get an apartment did you have how is it finding an apartment, putting in applications for apartments? How did that go? Did you have everything you needed? Credit scores, da 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 da, all that. So you want to know my whole life, basically. Right, basically. You just want to know it all. Break it down. <laughs> Give it all to me. Like, write a whole book. Well, I'm from Marley, North Carolina, and I went to school at Hampton University, historically black college and university. Yes. And it was great having the HBC experience and being around beautiful black people, mm-hmm. being around my people. Mm-hmm. And I realized like all black people are different. Mm. And I knew that before going to Hampton. But once I got to Hampton, like everybody was different. So you had your typical stereotypes. You had those people who were like the jocks. You had the artsy crew. You had the athletic people mm. because we were all represented in all spectrums. And it's also interesting now that people who I went to school with are now doctors. They're now lawyers. Mm. But we all smoke together. We all drunk together. <laughs> we all, like, had similar stories and experiences. So it's yeah. amazing to see those people flourish. Right. And then I did transition to Philly for graduate school. Mm-hmm. And that was a predominantly white institution, Drexel University in Philly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was great. They sent me to synagogue for free, all expenses paid for. Nice. But it was also white as fuck. Okay. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that, actually. I thought it was, like, really black. Super, super white. Because it's Philly. I thought it was black. Exactly. And so, like, being at a system, being at a school in Philly, Mm -hmm. it makes you... It puts you in this place where you don't know how to feel because you're at this really great school, but you also see this really great school pushed out people to be there. Mm. And between Drexel and UPenn, yeah. they're both pushing out communities of color. They're both ah. pushing out people to build more for their campus. Their campuses are already huge, but they want more. Mm. So they're pushing out people and they're displacing residents. And for me, I don't agree with that. Right. And I did live in West Philly for two years and I loved it. And I volunteered in West Philly. But to see your people getting pushed out or not even able to afford housing or having housing that was terrible, yeah, it was uncomfortable. And then moving from Philly to New York, New York. 
I honestly only applied for one apartment. I saw one apartment <laughs> You're like, this and is it. rent was astronomically high. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not about to pay all this money for an apartment. Right. Because I'm from Raleigh. Right. And then going from Raleigh to Virginia, my rent was like $5.99 a mm-hmm. month. And then from Virginia to Philly, and my rent was $800 a month. Mm-hmm. Now you only pay more than $1,000? Yes. It's not happening. It's not yet. So for me, I only applied <laughs> for one apartment. It was a three-bedroom apartment, one bath. <laughs> right. In Upper Harlem. And I guess they call it Little Africa. Mm-hmm. I loved it because I was around black-owned black businesses. Yes. I was around black people. I was around Africans, mm. Dominicans. I loved all it's of it. Mix. But also... I was in a three-bedroom, one-bath with two 21-year-olds. How was how was you? And I was 26. <laughs> you must have been like, these young-ass people. So, like, they were young, right. which is cool. I was the only person that actually had, like, a full nine-to-five job. Okay. So, my schedule, it worked. But, you know, household responsibilities and cleaning, my definition of clean was different from them. Right. And so, luckily, like, we all were cool, but we all knew that we could not live together for another year. Mm. So, I did find another apartment. So, it was mutual. It was super mutual, mm-hmm. and which is fine. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to get grounded, and it allowed me to realize, like, what do I want and what do I not want? Mm. And what am I willing to give up to continue to live in Manhattan? Because mm-hmm. I was not moving to Brooklyn. <laughs> I was no longer moving to Jersey. Because I was right. like, oh, I'm going to move to Jersey, buy a oh, house. No, no it's no. too far. I don't like to wake up in the morning. And if you have, you like hanging out in the city in the, yes. in the weekends, doing yes. the brunch, whatever, it just, you might It doesn't work. No. And I'm not moving to Brooklyn. I'm right. not moving to Jersey and having a terrible commute yes. and being late to work. I was late to work even living in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't make the Jersey commute I for was sure. like 20 minutes late to work every day. <laughs> and somebody mentioned it to me. But I now live 20 minutes away from walking. I can walk to work or I can take the train, which mm-hmm. I love. And I have a great views from the 28th floor. Put your girl yes, on. Yes, I'm really looking at that view okay. right now. But uh, it was a transition to go from a $800 per month rent to now having rent that's more than $1,200. Right. And so it took me a while to get adjusted. But I do love it. I do love where I am. Although yes. I never had a desire to move to New York City. Ever. I like what you said because I also have the same experience. Like, I, I never really wanted, wanted to, to be here. here. No. And for the first year, I just didn't like my experience here. I'm funny. It's funny that you liked your experience because you kind of just got in and hit the ground running and loved it. I it took me a long time to just get used to it. So, but you, I can see you getting used to any place you live in because you're like she's so pers- she's like I I could deal with anything. She's that energy. Okay, so t- let's talk about dating in New York and our experience. You know my experience. My experience has been trash, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've had the most... I've had crazy experiences. I've had bad dates. I've had stalkers. I've had everything. But I think I want to focus more on like the dating scene in New York. Do you think everyone's so busy chasing their dreams that they don't have time to actually uh, be vulnerable in the connections they're making and to pour themselves into other people? Do they just like sort of um, date someone for a while then they'd be like, ah, well, yeah, next. Then date someone for that while then be like, okay, well, this doesn't work anymore, so next. And then, so do the apps offer more accessibility to a a plethora of people so you're just spoiled for choice or do you feel that people are just too busy or too, or just too much, have too much of an ego when they're like looking for people who they want? I think... People definitely have an ego. I will say, yeah, Philly has been absolutely crazy for me in my dating experience. Oh, because I've had randoms follow me. <laughs> I've had randoms. I literally remember I was walking to the sh- walking to my car one time. I had on heels. It mm. was at night, like nine or ten o'clock at night, so not super late. 
this guy was in his white car he started following me and then he proceeded to cut me off and he damn near like got onto the sidewalk and i ended up having to call a friend and describe this guy to my friend because i feared for my life Ooh. and so like philly has been absolutely crazy for dating i love philly though but new york has been a little bit better yeah but I will say dating in New York is just as wild mm -hmm. because everybody's on the go. There's so many options. And then you're trying to forge relationships and friendships. And then also long distance means you're in two separate boroughs. Yes. Oh, I live in Harlem. You live in Brooklyn. That's long distance. That's like an hour. You live in the commute. Bronx. I'm not going to the Bronx. <laughs> you live in Jersey. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, we have like, to think about that. <laughs> everything is long distance and time. You have right. to factor in the commute. You have to factor in getting ready. Like, mm. yeah, you have. You can get ready an hour and a half, two hours, but then you got to commute. That's an hour long. Like, shit. Yeah. That means I got to get ready three hours in advance. And in New York, you're so like, go, 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 go. So that means you have a job. You have a side job. Yes. You're volunteering. I volunteer. I'm a mentor. Yes. So you're doing all these things because you feel like you need to or mm -hmm. you have to just to hustle. Yes. Get a little extra cash and then try to date. Like, how? It's too much. Right. And then because there's apps, I love the apps. Your yes. girl was an app queen back in yes. the day. <laughs> but like, it is a lot to get on these apps and just keep swiping and swiping and swiping. And if it doesn't work, you just go back on the app and keep swiping. So, like, people don't actually walk up to you in public because for what? There's an app for that. Yeah. Nobody has approached you. Nobody has to say, hey, can I buy you a drink? Or, hey, you look great today. Besides the block boys. <laughs> <laughs> These corner boys, no. Right. But, like, uh -huh. love the block boys, though. They look up for the girl's safety. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, can somebody just approach me? Yeah. Do just, like, regular, regular approach me exactly. as a man and just ask for my number and ask to get to and know it, me. It doesn't happen. No. no. I've never actually... I've been here how many years? Never experienced that. No. Never. And if they approach you, they want you, you don't want them. Yeah. So oh, they're like sucks. crazy. Exactly. Sometimes someone talks to you like they're on the spectrum for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I put up with. <laughs> <laughs> so the how's, how does that translate when it comes to like making friends in the city when people are so busy or so spoiled for choice or just don't have the energy to put in the energy needs to to make more friends or to be present in your connections. There's an app for that. We met on an app. We met on an app. We met on an app, There's yes. literally an app for There's everything. an app for everything, yeah. Um, and when you're like either introverted or you don't really speak to strangers in public, mm. I was taught don't speak to strangers in public. Now I gotta speak to strangers in public. Yeah. It makes it harder to forge those connections. But I will say like people walk up to me like, oh yeah, hey, your braids look good. Oh, hey, here's my number for my braider. Okay, I'm glad to share that information with you. Yeah. So people will come up to you like, oh, that looks great. Where did you get that? Or like, hey, you smell good. Where did you get that? Okay, but what about the general friendships? What about the homegirls? Yes. And that doesn't happen either. So like, there's an app for that. Because either you go to work, you go home. Mm -hmm. You either have your work friends and your work friends become friends friends. But right. Like, who really truly is friends friends with people they work with? Yeah. No, it's still there's still like a boundary exactly. you put there. So there's an app for that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we met on we met on an app for sure. We met. We were like, let's get some drinks. <laughs> let's see how this goes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, let's talk a bit more about career in the city. How do you feel about your career progression? Do you feel like it's been constantly up, or do you feel like it's taking a bit of time? What do you feel about your career progression? Do you see yourself getting to a point in your career where you'd feel like you'd be in New York long term? I do say that I have grown in my career quite quickly because I did come for like a fellowship program. So mm -hmm. for two years, I learned a lot of things. I did a lot of rotations in different departments with different senior leaders. Mm. And at the end, I got a promotion. And now like, I see myself improving and growing in my career. 
but it's going, going, going because the general atmosphere of New York is going, going, going. You can't stop to catch your breath. Mm. And so while I'm growing in my career, it's like, damn, can I catch my breath, my breath first? Okay. Like, can I please just take a moment to like think and breathe and just be? But there really isn't time to just think and breathe and you have fear of missing out. Mm. But I do ultimately see myself in New York for a while because I'm not going to the South. <laughs> I'm not going to the Midwest. <laughs> Kelly has gas for $5.25 right now. Yeah. I'm not paying $5 for gas. So <laughs> you, you're going to be here. I guess I'm in New York. <laughs> but I'm also fine with that because there's so many opportunities here. And it's a bit liberal, not completely liberal, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of opportunities. And I see myself growing in my career, possibly settling down. Who knows? Because a girl ain't settling down no time soon. <laughs> but I do see a life in New York. Yeah. One that I did not see prior to prior. being here. Okay. That's interesting. I like that you said that. So then what does rest look like for you since you're always on the go, since you're always thinking of your next move or your next big thing? How do you rest? I'm resting right now. Talking to me, yes. I know you love me. That's how I know you love me. I am resting right now with my fuzzy socks on. Yes. My drink, my water, like I'm chilling. Yeah. But honestly, rest, it's rare. Mm. True rest is rare. Because even when you think about it, you're watching TV at home, you're watching Netflix, but are you truly resting? Mm. You're doing something And it wasn't day. until a close friend told me that recently that that's not rest and i'm like you know what you're right because i'm still paying attention to what i'm watching on tv right i'm still trying to make sure i don't miss out the next episode of euphoria yes. or what have you like you're truly not resting so rest for me it's like doing nothing chilling yeah have and you been doing that though have you actually been actively thinking okay how do i shut down and not watch tv and just sit down in my silence how do you do that or, i hate or do you not do that <laughs> I, I despise out right. but i will say this past weekend I was forced to rest, so I did rest. So that means canceling brunch plans, mm. canceling happy hour. And the girl is a torn up queen. Yes. I love a brunch. Yes. I love a happy hour. I My know whole job you knows that. You're the one who's always planning all our gigs. You're like, let's do this. We could do this this weekend. Let's book exactly. this thing. Exactly. And for me to say no, I truly had to put myself down and just be in bed and mm. watch TV or have the TV watch me. But honestly, <laughs> that happens. Rare. Rarely. Because on the weekends, I'm mentoring or yes. I'm volunteering. I'm spending time with friends because it takes time to cultivate relationships. Yeah. It takes time because if you don't feed into this relationship, mm -hmm. the relationship dies. So that all takes time. And so when you're working a nine to five, you're in the gym, you're mm -hmm. cooking, you're pouring it's into these relationships, you're cultivating your, a relationship, so to speak. Yeah. It's a lot. And so rest is something that I wish I had more of. Yeah, I think that's everyone in the city. We're always like on the train, like literally holding on for life. Yes. Uh, so speaking of rest, you're my vacation queen. This is one girl I know in my life who's always two weeks in. I could be like, let's do brunch on the 23rd. She's like, I'll be in Jamaica. I'll be in New Orleans. I'm like, go how? So let's talk about your best and worst vacation. My best, I just also want to put out there that I did never take in a vacation until I got a full-time job. I just want the world to know that, like, when I was an undergrad, when I was in grad school, the girl was broke.com. So now that I'm able to take vacation, I yeah. take my vacation, or at least try to take a trip. Mm -hmm. This year has been a little bit crazy, because I'm still crazy. But the best vacation was honestly uh, most recently going to Jamaica. Mm. Because I was able to like party, make connections, and sleep. And oh. sleep doesn't come easy for me. So nice. for me to be able to go to sleep without music, without a podcast, without 
something Mm -hmm. i was able to actually get restful sleep and Mm -hmm. wake up well rested in the morning yeah i wake up now exhausted and by three o'clock i'm ready to shut down yeah so because i'm burned out from work my worst vacation was i would have to say going to new orleans in 2020 i love new orleans why i go back often that's my that's my next destination i'm going to new orleans i can't we are going to new orleans see how going yeah we're going now it's a wee thing we're going and like i went to celebrate a friend's birthday but just the time the energy was off and when the energy is off Mm. it's like no i didn't come down here for this i didn't spend my money on this plane ticket this airbnb bring a crew of people with me for me to not have a good time and for the people around me to not have a good time. Yeah. Ultimately, I did. It's just the energy right. was off from the larger group. And so that threw it everything. off and made, and like, I didn't enjoy my trip yeah. as much as I wish I would have. And isn't group travel so hard? First, I'm saying this because you planned the best group trip for your birthday. We went to the Poconos. We were in a nice cabin. We had a hot tub. We were in the mountains, y'all. It was a vibe. Yes. And I'm thankful for Charmaine and everybody else that was there because I truly didn't know what to expect. And that was my first time planning a group trip of 12 people. 12 people. You want to get in 12 adults with different lives, different states, different different shit going on to come together and be like, we're going to be there for three days and be there for you. Like, that's... Not many people can do that, so you should be uh, on the Give me cloud. happy tears. I definitely had happy yes. tears after that. And yeah, you were crying, girl. I still look. <laughs> I still look to that as like, wow, I did that. Yeah. Wow, that happened. Like, wow, these people showed up for me. Um, and I always show up for everybody else. So to see people show up for you yes. when you least expect it, and to be present, who yeah. are also present. People don't get me wrong. People were working at seven a.m. Yeah, a.m. But best believe they were also present. We were doing that so we could be there yes. for the afternoon like plan. If we have to go, Charmaine had her computer because her procrastinating oh. ass had homework to do. <laughs> so <laughs> she was doing her homework. I'm like, I'll be ready at twelve. We're leaving at two. I'll be done by twelve. I'll be ready. <laughs> and my girl was ready. Like, yeah, food was done. Everybody Everything. cooked, pitched in, had endless drinks. Yes, it was a really, really, really great vibe and. I just wish that for everybody, mm-hmm. at least once time in their life. Yeah, yeah. to have, be surrounded by family and friends that they truly love, care and love, yeah. and celebrate them. I like that. Okay, let's talk a bit more about uh, healing and life lessons. Let's go a bit deep now. Let's let's get a bit deep there. What does healing look like for you? What have you healed from? What's one thing you look back and you're like, ah, oh, I healed in that area. These fuck niggas. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> healing from relationship trauma, mm. but also most recently, because like we give these credit to men. We give so much credit to men, and they don't deserve the credit. They mm. don't deserve like the energy that we spend. They don't deserve our tears. They don't deserve any of that. But for me, healing has also been reconnecting with old friends mm. and reestablishing relationships. I have a childhood friend. We've been friends since middle school. Ooh. seventh grade and we were friends up until the freshman year of undergrad and because we never had an argument never had any problems but something happened or a series of something's happened i don't know you just get to college mm-hmm. we were roommates which doesn't help <laughs> and that was 2011 yeah we we would kick it every so often mm-hmm. but we're planning a trip a week-long road trip to chicago at the end of april and for me, that's healing because mm. even though we have brief encounters over the years, we haven't actually had the time to sit down and discuss life, what happened between us. Mm. The first time we discussed that was December when I went home for Christmas. Uh-huh. And we actually, you know, we had a discussion and we talked about 
what happened. But at this point, 10 years later, you don't know what happened. Yeah. You just know that you were friends with somebody for so long and now you're no longer friends. Yeah. So there's still that big part of your life that's missing. And so for me, healing looks like saying, hey, I'm sorry. I apologize. I miss you. I miss my friend. I miss my friendship with this person. Yeah. So now what are we doing about it? Mm. And what we're doing about it is a road trip because we, nice. don't, we, have, we don't have pictures. We don't have anything. We have brief text messages, mm-hmm. no phone calls, no FaceTimes, and a happy birthday. Like, it's so surface level. So this is the first time that we'll be able to get, like, below the surface. Yeah. In over 10 years. So I'm excited for that. I'm definitely mm-hmm. nervous. But for me, that's what healing looks like. It looks like preparing those friendships that meant the most to me and owning up to what I did. And also allowing people to apologize and allowing people to say they made mistakes mm-hmm. and giving them room to also um, put those mistakes behind them too. Yeah, I love that because that's like giving grace where yeah. it's needed yeah. and you expect that back as well. So it's But like- it took time to mature. It took time to develop. Like when you're 17, 18, mm-hmm. fresh out of high school and you're in college, like what? Yeah. No, F you, I'm done. You're like, like, I'm going to show you exactly. how I do. I, can, I have other friends besides yeah. you, but like that really was one of my most cherished friendships. Mm-hmm. And so for healing, this was like, you know, getting back on track and giving grace to each other because we're grown now yeah and most people don't reconnect so that's no. actually a big deal that you guys are and reconnecting. it took a lot out of me to reconnect with this person because i'm a very prideful individual and mm-hmm. i just keep looking forward i don't look back yeah but i also know i kept looking back for a reason because yeah, this truly was something. my friend our families were friends oh that's deep yeah. yeah when you have family well that's actually deep okay what's a life lesson that you learned the hard way I left a life lesson I learned the hard way. Yes. When somebody shows you who they are, believe it. Ooh. Oh. Now that we just talked about grace, do you think you give grace where it's not needed? <laughs> I just have to take you back to that. <laughs> yo, that's deep. <laughs> and honestly, I think that goes out for all the men out there. Uh-huh, yeah, I think so. Like, in relationships, but also in friendships, when Ooh. somebody does not show up for you and you show up for them. Yeah, take it as that. Take it as that. And move forward from that. But also understanding that not everybody can show up for you like you show up for them. Yeah, there's different ways of showing exactly. up. Exactly. But also, when they don't show up for you at all, mm. You take that for what it is. Yeah. Don't read into it. Don't yeah. try to get excuses. Don't, don't try to exactly. rationalize it. And as females, we're conditioned to make excuses for other people. Yes. We're a conditioned lot. to make excuses for men. We're conditioned to make excuses for people who do us wrong. Yes. But yet, say we were in the wrong. Nobody's making excuses for us. No one's making. We were talking about this thing we saw on TikTok and we we're saying how this lady was so used she to... She was in the wrong, though. She was in the wrong, yeah. But she was expecting that, you know, because a woman, maybe the other women she's dealt with have always given her that grace and have expected her to, like, understand what's going on and now she meets this guy who's set his boundaries really strong and once you go cross that boundary he's just like no this is not happening exactly Way too I don't more like that. Him because yeah. he men have the bound ability to set boundaries men have their boundaries but as women we have our boundaries but we end up you know either covertly or overtly we allow people to push past these boundaries because we say these boundaries exist mm-hmm. but do they really exist we just say them we say we them. State them clearly and but we we're sit not table for brunch and exactly. we say we have boundaries but in terms of actually putting it into practice i don't think we do that enough. we're not firm in our no. beliefs we're not firm in holding our ground mm. and we want people to prove us wrong yes and so because of that 
people show you who they are, but you don't believe it because yeah. you want them to like, oh, next time this is going to yeah. be different. Yeah. Oh, I'll give him another oh, chance. Yeah, like, he's having a bad week. Let me just meet him again and see what's going on. Exactly. He's clearly told you and showed you. Exactly. Because that bad week will turn into a bad month and mm-hmm. that bad month will turn into a bad year. And then what? And then, well, then you've been a year And then that. you cut it off. And six months later, he's in a new relationship. Yeah. Six months from that, he's engaged. Treating this person the way you should have been treated. And that's what happened to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. completely happened to me. And it happens. Yeah. Same here. I could agree with I could totally relate with that. Boundaries. Boundaries. Saying them clearly. Okay. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are now? That's a tough one. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm not damn near 30. In yeah. my mind, I'm just like 21, 22 out here in these streets trying yeah. to figure my life out. But like, I'm literally... In real life... And we're like almost 30. Mm-hmm. My father keeps reminding me that because I turned 28 all of a sudden and now I need to get married and have a child. Yeah, they're like, my parents are like, have you met anyone? Have you exactly. met anyone? I'm like, I've not, I've met people, but they're not the people. The day before I was 28, my dad didn't care about that. As soon as I turned 28, he was like, you need to get married and have a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me? He's like, time's running out. Okay. So yes, now I realize I'm 30. <laughs> thank you, parents. Thank you, mom and dad. But in my mind, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm still 21, 22. Still getting fucked up sometimes. But- <laughs> <laughs> the beauty is when we're 50, we'll be like acting like we're 30. So that's the beauty. We'll be like, yeah. Watch out. <laughs> like, MILFs. We'll be some MILFs, okay? No to girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last one for I have for you. Describe your life in two words. Chaotic. Beautifully chaotic. I, you know what's crazy? When I wrote this down to ask you, I had the same. I was like, "Oh my god!" I have almost the same phrasing, which is how I know we're soulmates. Okay. <laughs> I was like, my life is chaos. I was like, but a beautiful chaos, though. You this gotta add cool. beautiful for yeah. razzle dazzle. Yeah. <laughs> she said razzle dazzle. I can't. <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way, though. Yeah. I would take the chaos. I would take everything that comes with it because everything is literally a learning lesson. Yeah. And everything, it's projecting you until the next thing that you're doing. It helps you with your career. It helps you with your personal life. So, yeah, it's chaotic mm-hmm. at the moment. But if it wasn't, it would be boring. Yeah. Anyone's boring. No one wants boring. You yeah. always are like, oh, this person's boring. We don't want to be Exactly. Bad. Yawn. Swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> she said swipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... What's your word for the year as we close this out? What's your word? What's my word is boundaries because I had no boundaries. My last word year. for the year, I guess I can't say fuck them. That's <laughs> Maybe, two words. That's your energy. You're like <laughs> that is my energy. My word for the year is growth. Oh, you know what that called that growth. growth. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to insecure. Right? <laughs> Get your lords. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not getting Lawrence's up in here. Get your Lawrence and prosper. <laughs> um, but growth, because I'm really pushing myself to grow. Right. Grow outside my boundaries, grow and pushing myself and the things that I'm doing. I went skydiving last year. Like, I just want growth and new experiences, growing in my career and, you know, as an event- individual and being better for my friends, mm. being better to myself and being good to myself. Yeah. My grandmother always says, Aaliyah, be good to yourself. And I was like, girl, bye. Yeah, you're like, why is she saying this? this is but just... I've realized it. okay, be good to yourself. And I haven't been good to myself. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing and growing um, for the years, being good to myself and to others. I love that. All right. So that's it for this episode. 
Until next time, homegoers. Bye.